Welcome to the Food Therapy Podcast, where we talk honestly and openly about mental health, diet culture, BS, and food freedom. We're your co-hosts. I'm Brittany Modell, owner of Brittany Modell Nutrition and Wellness. And I'm Lauren Sharp, owner of Empower Method Nutrition. We are food freedom registered dietitians who have struggled with mental health, poor body image, and disordered eating behaviors. We are on a mission to dismantle diet culture, normalize conversations around mental health, and empower you as you heal your relationship with food and your body. Let's get talking. Hello, and welcome back to the Food Therapy Podcast. Today, we're going to be chatting all about what even is a summer body and why is it constantly in our heads during this time of the year and why is it constantly being pushed onto us to be a goal of ours. And I think the first thing that is really important to acknowledge is that diet culture and these messages that you're hearing, it's an industry. Like this is literally their launch season where they're like, all right, time to make our money. Let's push the summer body, you know, whether that's, and they even use it in the winter when it's like, oh, summer bodies are made in the winter, right? So there's this launch season for diet culture. There's these feelings of being like, I need to be a certain way. I need to eat a certain way. I need to look a certain way in order to feel good at the beach and the pool and feel good all summer long. And it's really detrimental to our mental health, to our relationships with food, to our relationships with our bodies. And summer has become this trigger, which is so detrimental. Yeah. I mean, I love the idea of like the launch season because it's so accurate. You know, diet culture thrives in the winter when it's, you know, Christmas time and people are gaining all this weight, quote unquote, and then also in the summertime. And so just going back to what you were saying, like summer is definitely a trigger for so many people. And I think that there are a few reasons for this. One, usually because it's warmer, we are wearing less clothing. And so for some people, it's, you know, less likely for them to be able to hide behind their clothes, jackets. There's also more social plans happening, especially this summer. I feel like we sort of lost a year with the pandemic and a lot of people didn't travel last year. They didn't even see people. And so right now it's like, oh my God, summer's coming, summer's here. And there's all these social plans. There's more travel plans. And there is this constant pressure to look good and you know, a lot of comparisons that happen too when it comes to friends and family. 100%. And when you say comparisons, it's so interesting because depending on who you're around, it can completely change the way that you feel about yourself. So if you're okay. surrounded by people who are in smaller bodies, whether it's through, you know, the way that they eat or genetics or whatever, you are more likely to feel uncomfortable rather than if you're surrounded around people that are in bigger bodies or people that you don't feel like you have to constantly impress. So not only the size of their bodies, but also your relationship with them. And when you have relationships that are so much more than appearance and sizes of bodies, it you're so much more confident and at peace in those situations. Yeah. And listen, I think it's really normal 
for humans to compare themselves to other humans, but we need to sort of like pause and ask ourselves, like, why, why am I comparing myself to them? And what do they have that I feel like I don't have? Because that tends to happen when we're comparing ourselves. We think that whatever that person has is something that we're missing in our own lives. I think that as we are exiting the pandemic or, you know, things are at least starting to normalize somewhat, people will start comparing themselves. So if people lost weight or gained weight in the pandemic, like that's going to be something that you're looking at. And I really encourage you, if you're listening to this and you find yourself going down the rabbit hole comparisons to really take a pause and think about like, what does this person have that I feel like I'm lacking in my life? And also think about all the amazing things that you also have in your life because we tend to see things at a very surface level and we think someone's life is perfect because they have a perfect body or they're in a thinner body and we have no idea what's actually going on at the core. Exactly. And reminding yourself that no one is you. Like you are not just your body. Your body is just a shell of all of the amazing things that you encompass. And and I'm a huge fan of like putting stickers on your mirror, whether it's like posted or whatever, and having reminders because some sort of reminder of like, okay, well, this is, how is it really going to serve you if you are comparing yourself? Like, if you are very present in the moment and know that like you can't change anything about that moment, comparing yourself is only taking away from the time that you have, the present moment that you have. And I know that's easier said than done. It's very hard to get yourself out of it in the moment, but it's so important to remind yourself of that just because sometimes that quick reminder can be helpful. Even the same with, you know, looking in the mirror and picking your body apart. I always like to encourage people to have a post-it of like, this isn't serving me, right? It's not going to change the size of my body. Me picking apart my body isn't going to change the way that I feel about it. It's not going to make me be like feel better about my body. It's really only going to make me feel worse. So what is the benefit? Yeah, no, exactly. I also think going along with that is social media. If you are looking through your feed and all you see is one body type and it's really triggering for you, try to diversify your feed. That was like the one thing that I did, I would say like in the last year and a half, and it's been a game changer. And so being able to create body diversity on your feed, if there are people that trigger you or that you don't feel good absorbing their content, you can unfollow them. So I was following an influencer and she posted Prolon, which is some BS diet. And guess what? I unfollowed her. I'm like, I don't need to see this on my feed. So, you know, it's up to you. Like you can manage your feed the way that you want to see it and the way that you want to take information. And that is the beauty of social media. Yeah. I also see so many people like detox their feed in the sense that they'll get rid of anybody who's necessarily like triggering to them, but they won't refill those places. And it's so important. The The refilling aspect is, in my opinion, even more important than getting rid of because the refilling part is showing you that like people in different size bodies are healthy. They're happy. They can be confident. They can be successful. They can do all of these things that people in bigger bodies are associated with not being able to do, right? They can work out. They can, you know, eat salads and, you know, all of these different things. So refilling your feed with people who 
either look similar to you or in bigger bodies than you. Like having that diversity was such a game changer for me to understand like, oh, so not everybody has to look a certain way. These people are killing it in every aspect and they can still look cute in clothes and and find cool fashion trends and all the things. And mentally, that was just so helpful for me. And I know it's really helpful for my clients as well. I'm sure yours too. And I think the reason it's helpful is because so many of us have internalized fat phobia that we're not even aware of. It it happens on an unconscious level. And so being able to diversify your feeds will also help to counteract that. And it's so important to do so. And going along with what you were saying too, you know, obviously following different people on your Instagram feed is important to see that people are thriving in all shapes and sizes. But also like what I love about it is using it for clothing inspiration. And so seeing people in all different shapes and sizes and body sizes wearing different clothing. And I find that to be so inspiring and it makes me excited to buy clothes. It makes me excited to, you know, try on different fashion styles. And so I think that's like another amazing aspect of social media is you can choose to follow the people who have different size bodies and are just thriving when it comes to fashion. Right. And going on with social media and summer bodies, quote unquote, I think there is this pressure to, and like another reason that summer bodies are so desired, we want them so badly, is the pressure to post like a snatched picture on Instagram, right? Because there's this validation that we get when we post a picture and there's like, comments of like hot girl summer, or it gets a lot of likes or whatever. Like it is a false sense of confidence and validation. And we, it's one of the things that we're craving with this new world of social media. And it's a huge reason why we feel we have to be a certain size because of the pressure of social media and the pressure to post the perfect picture. And last summer, it was so nice. because there wasn't this pressure, right? I mean, it it's actually, I was thinking about this and Laura and I were talking about this before we started recording, but last summer because of COVID, there was no pressure to post. And in fact, if you posted from a destination, it was actually looked down upon because people are like, why is she traveling during a global pandemic? And so I heard from so many people how freeing it was to not have to post on social media, to not have to live up to these unrealistic expectations when it comes to travel and social media. And so what can we take from that and, you know, use it going forward in the future? I think that the pandemic has changed so many things for so many people. And I'm hoping that some of the pressure that we felt in previous years will hopefully, I mean, not be at the same extent as it was after the pandemic. And I think we'll only really know once summer really unfolds. But, you know, even for myself, I feel like so many things have changed for me. I don't care as much about certain things. Like I'm getting my hair color today because my mom told me that my hair looks like a skunk, which is really nice. Thanks, mom. And I was told that I look much older because my hair is in fact gray. 
but I don't care as much. Like I really don't. And so I feel like I would have cared a lot more like pre-pandemic, not saying I'm letting myself go because I do care about what I look like, but certain things just don't hold like the same, you know, importance that it might've held in the past. I also think that it comes with being in a happy and healthy relationship because you don't feel this constant need to like impress and because you feel loved, you feel accepted. You don't have to constantly be searching for something. So, cause that's something that I found where like my relationship with food and everything 10 X by being accept- feeling accepted and feeling loved. And that doesn't have to be in like a romantic relationship. It could be evaluating like your friendships and people you surround yourself with. Do you feel like you're constantly being judged or do you feel accepted? And, you know, there's certain people that I'm around, I'm like pulling up my jeans, making sure I look okay. And then there's other people where I'm literally just like in my underwear, like hanging out, right. don't care, you know? It's so true. And I think that's even true. We keep bringing up social media, but the reason I think it's so important to bring up social media is because of the impact it has on our mental health. But as it relates to social media too, like, are you looking at content that makes you feel good? Or are you walking away from social media feeling worse about yourself? And I, I truly think that when you put content on there that leaves you feeling good, whether it's body image positivity or maybe intuitive eating content or maybe just like people who don't care as much and they're not so entrenched in diet culture. It just leaves you feeling good and it makes you realize like I am perfect as I am. Like I don't need to constantly change things about myself to fit this like perfect criteria. Right. Of course. And uh, my mom is texting me as we're recording this. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm in Zara. And they just put out new clothes. All of this stuff looks amazing. You have to sneak in a Zara trip today. So with that, I think it's a perfect segue into getting clothes for your here and now body. And so many of my clients have been saying, I'm trying my summer clothes on and I can't. I can't fit into my jean shorts and it's so discouraging. And I know that feeling and it's so stressful because our our automatic thought is, oh, this is bad. This is wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a huge mindset shift that has to happen. This doesn't happen overnight, but not making it bad or wrong, just making it neutral. This sucks. These don't these don't fit anymore and I have to go buy new clothes. But then moving on and saying, okay, this is going to be fun. We're going to go shopping. We're going to find clothes that fit and feel comfortable and you feel comfortable in. And it changes everything. And especially I always say for me, I always grab two sizes if I think something's not going to fit me. And I always try on the bigger size first because personally, like mentally, it's so much less of a struggle because I'm like, okay, this is a size that fits me rather than trying a smaller size and be like, oh, I can't get this over my ass cheeks. Like it's so much, it's mentally just so much better. I also, you know, we want to hold space for people who are not in straight size bodies too, who might not be able to go into a store and grab two sizes too. And, you know, I mean, that could be a whole other 
conversation, but definitely holding space for that. But what I just going back to what you were saying, Lauren, in regards to when people try and close and it's really discouraging. Brie, I'm quoting Brie and I'm not quoting her exactly, but Brie Campos always says a thought lasts 90 seconds. And then anything beyond that is the story or the narrative that you're attaching to it. And so if you find you're distressed or you feel discomfort when you're trying on clothing, what is the narrative that you're then telling yourself? Because if that thought is lingering, maybe you're telling yourself, this is my fault. It's because of, you know, what I ate this past year. I didn't move my body enough. And when you start to create this narrative, we want to really explore what that narrative is. We tend to blame our bodies for a lot and we give it more credit than it actually probably deserves. And so it's really important to kind of explore that relationship by figuring out the story that you're telling yourself. And everything Lauren said, I completely agree with. The goal is to not try to fit into your clothes. It's to find clothing that fits your body. And remember, it is not your job to fit into clothing. It is your clothing's job to fit you. And so I personally went through my closet the last year and a half and I got rid of so many beautiful clothing and it killed me because I'm like, oh my God, I love this clothing, but it doesn't fit me anymore. And I'm not going to change my body to fit back into the clothing. They served a purpose. They, you know, they were beautiful and I love them and I have photos in them, but it's so important to find clothes that actually fit your here and now body. And so I actually went searching yesterday on like Madewell and some other websites to find cute jean shorts that I feel good in, maybe a little high rise situation, making sure that there are clothes that I will wear every day. And I don't have to change my body to fit into them. And what I also will say is you don't have to revamp your entire closet because obviously that is extremely expensive. But for the sake of the summer, is there a pair of jean shorts that you can buy that you can wear a lot or a new pair of jeans, maybe like a cute shift dress, something that feels comfortable? Because I always think that we tend to dismiss comfort as part of purchasing clothing, it is so important to actually feel comfortable in your clothes and not just buy it because it looks cute. Both are important. But again, like making sure that something is comfortable is equally as important. Yes. And back on like sizing and getting caught up in sizes, I think reminding yourself, like having some sort of mantra if you're shopping online or shopping anywhere that sizes in every single brand are so different. I have clothes in a small, I have clothes in an extra large, I have all these different sizes. And I think it's so important to acknowledge that it's not you, it's not your problem to fit into clothes. They need, you need to find clothes that fit into you, fit, fit you, fit Fit your your body. body. (laughs) (laughs) You get what I'm saying. But I think that's such an important piece because if we're just constantly looking for clothes, like, oh, I have to fit into this dress or I have to fit into, you know, this dress for the wedding. Like, no, you don't. And like, even if you're getting married, this just popped into my head. Like, I feel like there's this goal. This is totally off subject, but by the way, that could literally be a whole season devoted to it on like this goal of like, Oh, I want to be, I want my dress to get taken in at every fitting. Right. Because it means that you're getting smaller. And like, why does that have to be a goal? It's similar to like the summer body. Like, Oh, am I going to fit into this like new bikini that I bought? 
my mind is like spiraling with ideas right now. The other thing is like buying clothes for your summer body is not a smart idea. Buy clothes for your here and now body. You don't have like, I know people who will literally be like, I'm going to buy a size down to like motivate me. Like, no. By the way, I have done that. And guess what happened? I ended up selling those clothes at a much discounted price with the tag still on because they never ended up fitting. So learn from my mistakes. And also what you mentioned about it's a privilege to be able to go out and buy new clothes. But the apps that we have access to nowadays, like Poshmark, anything like that, you can just put your clothes on there. And there's a lot of people like Brittany that have tags on stuff still that are selling things. So that's a great way to be able to hopefully get some new clothes that feel good. And also asking yourself, because a lot of times we're hesitant to buy new clothes that are bigger sizes, asking yourself, okay, well, would I be going out shopping if I needed to buy smaller clothes? Because if you can go out and you can buy smaller clothes, you can very well do it the opposite way. It's just that you're reluctant to do it because it's uncomfortable and you don't, you're not happy with the situation. Well, also, if you think about those two scenarios, when you're buying down clothing and you're buying clothes that are a smaller size, there's this like praise and this like, oh my God, I, I accomplished something. And yet when we have to buy up in size, there is a sense of failure and frustration and, you know, what's the word that I'm thinking of? Embarrassment. Sorry, guys, it's Friday. Yeah, I think that's such an interesting point because people are so quick to buy clothing that are smaller. But when it comes to buying clothing that are bigger, it's like, I don't want to do that. And I will say buying clothes that have some room in them. So my best friend got married this past weekend and I didn't have the pressure to eat a certain way on Friday night or make sure that I was eating well during the week. I brought three different dresses one of the dresses had two different sizes and it gave me the... F- and by the way, the reason this is, is I do run the runway. I didn't buy three of the same dresses, but it gave me the flexibility to say, okay, like I'm going to go up in the size and that's totally fine too. But not putting so much pressure on yourself to diet for these events is life-changing. I used to seriously like go on a diet a few weeks leading up to a big event, I put so much pressure on myself. And then I was miserable the day of the event anyway, because I'm like, I'm hungry. Right. Hungry or you likely didn't attain what you were expecting of yourself. Absolutely. And even if you did, it's still not good enough. Right. Right. And so even, you know, if you have the privilege of being able to buy something in two sizes and returning one of them, or for my sake, I do rent the runway. So I rented two sizes and then I exchange both of them. It just gives you a lot more flexibility or maybe you want to just buy the size up. And so you don't have to worry about fitting into the smaller size. It changes everything. And it's, it's giving me a lot of like leeway in terms of like my eating and just not feeling as constricted. Also, this is kind of jumping around, but going back to what you were saying when you mentioned that you try on the bigger size first, it's so amazing to me how different our body image can change so quickly when you're in clothing that's loose on you versus in clothing that feels really tight and um, basically really tight. And so I sort of compare this to being on the scale 
when, if you go on the scale and you see a number that's lower than what you expected, it changes your entire mood. You're so happy. You're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then you go on the scale and it's a few pounds higher than what you imagined it to be. And it completely ruins your day. That reminds me of when people try on clothing. If the clothing feels tight, it can trigger them. It could completely shift their mood and their mindset for the rest of the day, which is what we talked about earlier. And again, you know, asking yourself what is like the story or the narrative that you're telling yourself is really important. Yes. And how to combat that language, right? So with summer coming up and the added stress, or I guess when this podcast released with summer being here, with the added stress of, okay, not only is it summer and I have to be in less clothing, but I haven't seen these people in a really long time, right? So one, the really important thing is to acknowledge what the thought is. And like Brittany said, like the 90 seconds, reminding yourself, okay, this is a 90 second thought. It's going to go away. And I have control of the rest of it. I can stop it and I can reframe it or I can continue to perseverate on it. So coming up with some of those reframes to those negative thoughts. So the first thing you have to do is really acknowledge what those quotes are in your head that you're having. So if it's, you know, I, uh, I feel so uncomfortable when I'm in a bathing suit. Okay. So what is, you can acknowledge that and then you can reframe, right? So is it, I don't love the way that I feel in a bathing suit, but I accept this feeling and I'm going to, I'm not going to let it hold me back. Well, what I was going to say too, I think, and this is something that I learned from Brie because I was so quick to jump to the reframe. It's like, that's like what I, I just like jumped to the reframe. But what I also want to say is what Brie Campos has taught me. She, you know, she's one of my body image supervisors. She said, it's okay to also sit in the suck. So there are different approaches. Like we can absolutely reframe and that's one way of doing it. And it can be extremely helpful for some people. For other people, just like sitting in the suck and being like, this sucks. Like it does. And being okay with it and holding space for yourself, giving yourself that compassion. But can we not change things immediately? I think what happens, you know, too, is when people are in a very dieting mentality and they try in a pair of jeans and all of a sudden the jeans are really tight, the first thought is like, oh my God, I have to cut back tomorrow. I have to go on a diet. I have to restrict. When you are doing more intuitive eating or non-diet work, you don't have the option, or I mean, you do have the option because you have full body autonomy, but you're you're less likely to jump straight into, I'm going to go on a diet. And that's really uncomfortable because then it's like, well, now what? So I'm not restricting tomorrow, but now I just feel uncomfortable in this body. So can you sit with it, sit in that discomfort, figure out why it's uncomfortable for you? What about your clothes being tight is uncomfortable. And of course, like we can always do the reframes too, but I wanted to give like an alternative approach because I too always go to the reframes and, you know, Brie is always like, it's also okay to give yourself some space and to sit in it as well. Yeah. And I think it really depends on the situation too. Like if you are, if you have a second to sit in the suck, that's amazing. But also if you're in a situation where you're like sitting poolside and you're comparing yourself and you don't feel great in your bathing suit, I feel like that's a great time to have not even necessarily a reframe, but a mantra to, uh, to redirect yourself to, right? So maybe you're sitting there and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so self-conscious. Like I look so fat in this or whatever it is. 
having a mantra, whatever you want to call it, nobody is paying attention to me as much as I'm paying attention to myself. The people who love me do not care about what I look like. Judgment from other people does not change who I am as a person or the ability that I have to add to other people's lives, my intelligence, my um, ability to succeed, all these different things. So having a mantra for situations where you're going into and you know that you're likely going to be a bit uncomfortable, asking yourself, okay, what are the things that I am likely going to be thinking? Because chances are, you know, the thoughts that you're already going to be thinking because you're probably having them already. And then what are some mantras that kind of bring a little bit of peace in that situation when you're not really able to sit in the suck there because you want to enjoy the present moment? And that that's such a great point too, because when we are worrying so much about what our bodies look like, how our bodies are being perceived by others, we're not present, right? We're not actually focused on the conversations with our friends or what's going on around us. So I do think that there's space for both or all other ways too. And I think it's important to bring up both, but you know, I also love the idea of mantras and reframes and yeah. So I think that you have to choose like what makes the most sense for you, but I totally agree. I think when it comes to being around others, being in social settings, you want to be present and you want to be able to, you know, really enjoy that time with friends and loved ones. And it's hard to do so when we're so fixated on how our body looks, how our body is being perceived. Yes, exactly. And I think one of the last points that is really important is social events and barbecues. We, we talked a little bit about, obviously, there's going to be more social events than there was last summer, and that can bring up its own negative thoughts and anxieties in itself. Then it comes down to, yes, comparing your bodies, but also comparing your plate and your clothes. And I actually had a client yesterday and she was like comparing not even her body, but just like, oh, well, these girls brought these clothes and these girls brought these clothes and I brought this and I don't feel like I fit in. And I said to her, I was like, well, what's wrong with not fitting in? She was like, well, I just don't want to be different. So there's this association with different being wrong. So always asking yourself, what am I associating with this? Right? Because different isn't wrong. It's actually usually a good thing. Others looking in, but for us, we just love to judge ourselves and we're so subject to it. So if you're finding yourself comparing your plate or your body or your clothes, like you don't know anybody else's story. You don't know if they went home and they were actually more anxious than you about this whole situation and they went home and they binged. Or maybe they didn't. Maybe they, maybe they have a, a beautiful relationship with food, but there is nothing good that comes out of you comparing your plate or your body or your clothes to anybody. It's only going to take you out of the present moment and keep you from being fully yourself in that moment and giving yourself to others. And I also think the point that you make is so true is we don't know what's going on in someone's life. We only can fully know what's going on in ours. And so to compare ourselves is just doing us a disservice. And it also disconnects us from our bodies. So if you're comparing how you're eating with how your friend is eating, Again, like that's just disconnecting you from your own internal hunger and fullness cues and satisfaction and what sounds good to you in that moment by comparing yourself. So that's the first thing. And also when it comes to some of these social events or even just being around friends in the summertime, it can be so triggering when people start to talk about their 
diets and, you know, losing weight. And even as someone like myself, who's like very deep in this like anti-diet world, I can still get triggered. But what happens is I remind myself what life was like when I had disordered eating and I wouldn't go back there if you paid me. And so reminding yourself why you're on this journey, why you're choosing to not diet. At the end of the day, you have full body autonomy. You can do whatever you want, but how is it serving you? How is it bringing value to your life? And, you know, if you find that certain conversations are triggering, you can decide who you spend time with. Maybe you want to set some boundaries saying, you know, I'm healing my relationship with food and this is pretty triggering for me. Or you can simply step away and, you know, re-enter the conversation at another point. But it is important to remind yourself, like, why, what is your why? Why are you on this journey? Why has dieting not been helpful for you in the past? And if anything, it's been harmful. I love that. All right. Well, another amazing combo. So if you guys have not already, please, please rate, review, subscribe. It is one of the best ways to support us. And it would also be so helpful to share this with your friends or anybody who might like this episode or the podcast in general. We would be so, so appreciative. And I hope you go and have a wonderful rest of your beautiful day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Food Therapy. If you enjoyed what you heard and want to support our podcast, please subscribe, hit download, and share it with your community. We value your feedback. If you feel inspired, please leave a review. Let us know what you've learned and what you would like to hear next. All information about this episode will be linked in our show notes. New episodes of Food Therapy come out every Sunday, but you can stay connected with Food Therapy all week long by following us on Instagram at foodtherapypod. As a disclaimer, this podcast should not replace therapy or working with a registered dietitian. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.